0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today
1: with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month, and you get access to daily commentary. And every week, we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash bpshow.
2: to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Lies,
1: lies, 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 and more lies. Yep, that's a summary of the Mueller report. Out yesterday, a devastating portrait of Donald Trump, exact opposite of everything he said it shows and was going to be also the exact opposite Of everything that Attorney General Bill Barr, take the title away from him, Donald Trump's flunky lawyer, Bill Barr, told us the report included as well. What do you say? Hello, everybody. What a bombshell day yesterday here in Washington, D.C., and we will unpack it for you every step of the way here on the Bill Press Show today. Uh, That's what the news is for today, and that's all the news is for today, just about So it's good to have you with us. We know you want to talk about it. You want to comment on it. You want to hear as much as you can about it. That's why we're glad you're joining us. Thank you for joining us online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Thank you for joining us on television, free speech TV, and on the radio as well. We'll uh, take you through what the the report says, what Bill Barr uh, said it was going to tell us, Uh, What is the real story about collusion? What is the real story about obstruction of justice? And where does this report go now and what could happen? Is it, as Donald Trump says, game over? (coughs) Don't you believe it? Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. We will take room for your comments and look forward to hearing from you on Twitter, at BP Show. Lots to get into, lots to talk about.
2: But first... (coughs) This is the Full Court Press. Peter Ogburn. All righty, just a couple of other stories making news. It's warming up out there, Bill. I know. You know what that means. Golf. Time to go play a little golf. That's exactly right. (laughs) The weather gets nice. Time to get out there on the golf course. Unless, of course, you are in Connecticut. Baltic, Connecticut, to be exact. Uh, It is very close to the Rhode Island, uh, Connecticut line, apparently. Well, there was a man playing golf uh, earlier this week. This was yesterday morning, I should say. Uh, He was on the seventh hole, walking up to the green, when all of a sudden a bobcat came out and attacked the man. Mm. He was able to subdue the bobcat with his golf club. He pushed it off, but then the bobcat came back. Somebody had to drive up to it with the golf cart to scare the bobcat away. The guy went to the hospital. He is going to be fine. Yeah, bobcats are they're beautiful cats, but sure. they are. I've got pictures of
1: bobcats right in my phone here. Really, they're uh, they're pretty shy. They're pretty. They
2: just, they point uh, that out that they are very very skittish when yeah. it comes to uh, human interaction. Usually,
1: no, no, they are. But uh, so where we live in California, uh, the Point Reyes National Seashore is known for bobcat. People come up there just to film because you can
2: usually find one right? and mountain lions too. My oh is mountain right? lions
1: too. Yeah, okay, all but right. bobcats. Uh, Lots of different bobcat. ways. Lots of things can kill. So you. when I was out there last week, yeah. get this, bobcat climbed up the top of a bishop pine tree. Bishop pine trees are like redwoods. They're they're that oh high, God. right? Uh huh. Bobcat climbed up the top and grabbed an osprey off the nest. Oh a my! A full God. grown osprey sitting on its nest, and the bobcat climbed up the tree, got that osprey. So oh, I guess the moral of the story is... They're
2: terrifying. Watch out for your Watch bobcat. out for bobcats. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. Whether it's an osprey or a golfer, <laughs> they're coming for you. Uh, yeah, that's a scary story, man. Uh, speaking of scary stories, uh, Consumer Reports just took a look at a lot of different brands of bottled beverages, bottled water, uh-huh. sodas, things like that. <laughs> Obviously, we know that uh, sodas are not very good for you because they're so high in sugar. Well, here's something else. Four different brands had detectable levels of arsenic what? in them, including the Whole Foods brand of bottled water that they sell oh, God. has three parts per billion or higher uh, of arsenic inside of their bottled water. I think that's not good. That's not good. No. the three parts per billion seems- It's not, not deadly. Gonna,
1: it's not going to kill you. It's not deadly, but it's not good. Probably paper. You're paying for the too. arsenic. Yeah, that's what you're <laughs> doing.
2: This is the Bill Press Show.
1: It is not a case of complete exoneration. No way. It is just... The opposite, complete condemnation. What do you say? Hello, everybody. It's Friday, Friday, April 19. This is the Bill Press Show, focusing today on the one big issue, the release, finally, the release of the Mueller report yesterday. Still redacted, not as redacted as we had feared. Only 6% redacted. But what is there is a devastating indictment of Donald Trump. Yes, he did collude. Yes, he did attempt to obstruct justice on at least 10 occasions. Yes, he may not be guilty. Uh, no, he may not be guilty, I should say, of a criminal offense, according to the special counsel, although that could still decided, be decided by Congress. But he is guilty of dishonest, inappropriate Unacceptable, unethical, unpatriotic, and just plain wrong behavior as president of the United States. Wow, so much to unpack here on the Mueller report, and we will. I got the whole thing right here, thanks to the New York Times today, Washington Post, the same thing, maybe your local paper. One, uh, one section, one special section has got every every page of the Mueller report. So uh, happy Easter weekend. Uh, you've got your. Uh, <laughs> 448 pages to read right here, uh, right in front of you. Don't take anybody else's word for what's in the report. You can read it yourself. Hey, uh, slow down here. Great to see you today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're enjoying uh, the beautiful spring weather that we are enjoying here in Washington, D.C. And wherever you are in this great land of ours or around the globe, we thank you for joining us uh, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash Show. Don't forget, check out our podcast. Podcast very important. Uh, if you want to get all this stuff, all the skinny on the Mueller report, uh, go to our website, billpressshow.com, sign up, rate us, and uh, be a regular member of the podcast. We uh, love seeing you on Free Speech TV as well, the only full-time, 24-7 progressive cable television network in this country. And how about it? On the radio, those of you listening in in Indiana statewide on Indiana Talks, welcome, as well as all of our good friends out in Chicago on WCPT, the big progressive voice of Chicago. Yes, indeed, so much to uh, talk about on the Mueller report. Let's just start, you know, and everybody, you saw, I saw, you know, like the 10 takeaways on this website. Yeah the seven takeaways on that website. The 53
2: uh, incidences 50. where Donald Trump may have obstructed justice. Yeah, who knows. So um,
1: I'm not going to bore you with the uh, tell. promise you 12 takeaways, but uh, I'll give you my takeaways as I was reading the report yesterday, uh, watching Bill Barr and then following CNN and Politico and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal as they kept popping up and they had, they had people reading them and, and as soon as they would see something important, they would Send it out there, uh, but but so from from what I saw yesterday, uh, let's just start going down the list and see how many we end up with. Uh, number one, this is no exaggeration. Okay, I, I'm no exoneration is what i mean. No exaggeration. No exaggeration. It's no exoneration. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the president. I'm going to start with what Donald Trump said yesterday, and then we'll bounce off that. All right. So he's in the Oval Office. He's got. I mean, not no. He was, I think, in the East Room, but he's got some people. I forget, they were law enforcement people or something. Totally unrelated. But, of course, he has to use that occasion to gloat one, I think, one last time about the Mueller report. Because nobody in that room had ever seen it. But Donald Trump says, first of all, yeah, it's good to have this report. And, man, we're going to keep it around in the Oval Office for the next six years.
3: This is really beautiful. This will find a permanent place at least for six years. (laughs) in the oval office
1: Come yeah uh, yeah beautiful yeah take a read it mr mr president uh yeah and uh am i should i be sorry about this report uh-uh this is this is it this is a good day
3: i'm having a good day too it was called no collusion no obstruction
1: yeah yeah no it's not no it is not Anything that Donald Trump said about this report was completely repudiated yesterday by the report itself. Again, it it is not complete exoneration, it is not no collusion, it is not no obstruction of justice, and it is not game over, Donald Trump. Uh, Far from it. In fact, um, so that's that's sort of that's that's the headline, right? Just the opposite of what Donald Trump says is, And also, second point, just the opposite of what Bill Barr says. If there's one person who looks maybe even worse than Donald Trump yesterday, I think it is Attorney General Bill Barr. He is a total sycophant, total acolyte, total pawn of Donald Trump. He is not the Attorney General for the people of the United States of America. He is acting, and he did yesterday, like the the defense attorney for, for Donald Trump. And as somebody pointed out, And I sort of lost track of this, I guess, uh, is that I I heard Congressman Ro Khanna from California, who's been a guest here on the show, say yesterday, why should we be surprised at Bill Barr? He's the guy that covered up the Iran-Contra mess for George H.W. Bush and recommended all these pardons that George H.W. Bush gave to people back in the Iran-Contra days, including Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger. So, of course, Bill Barr's up to his old tricks again, covering up now for Yet another uh, president. And we, we, we've talked about the stuff that he did. You know, that 19-page memo that he did a year ago saying the Mueller investigation was um, basically a witch hunt and you cannot indict a president for obstruction of justice. Impossible for a president to uh, do obstruction of justice. This time, you know, we did the four... He, he came out with the four-page summary which put the most positive spin on the, uh, on the Mueller report. He accused... FBI officials of spying on the Trump campaign. Uh, then he announces that... No, he didn't announce, actually. He Donald Trump announced that he would give a news conference two hours before the report was released. Donald Trump telling people the next morning, be sure to watch Bill Barr on Fox News with his news conference. Boy, the fix was in. And then Bill Barr got up there yesterday and just told yesterday morning and told a pack of lies. He said that the... He said the report totally exonerated Donald Trump. He said there was no collusion. He basically repeated all the talking points of Donald Trump, he, the attorney general. So there was no collusion. There was no obstruction of justice. The president was feeling frustrated and angry, so then, of course, he would try to undermine uh, Robert Mueller will get to hear him. That, that was maybe the best that. part.
3: Yeah,
2: that was maybe the best. Part oh, his for feelings me. were his hurt. feelings were hurt. Oh, yeah. So therefore, that's why he acted like this.
1: Therefore, you have to understand. And then he said, and despite the fact that his feelings were hurt, he cooperated one hundred percent. God bless him with the special counsel. No, he didn't. He refused to sit down for an interview with us with the uh, special counsel. And thirty times in his written answers, he said he didn't
2: remember. Yeah, He didn't cooperate. Doesn't he have the best memory of anybody he's ever met? Yeah. Isn't that what he always
1: says? Well, anybody ever in the history of humankind. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, Bill Barr, man, he just comes across as a total. You know what? He is the attorney general Donald Trump has been looking for. Yeah. The total yes man. He is the Roy Cohn of today. Donald Trump famously has been saying people in White House when he gets pissed off, "Where's my Roy Cohn? I need my Roy Cohn, that mob lawyer who represented him back in the 1970s." Well, he's got him today.
2: He even Bill Barr in the Mueller report. There's a there's a a exchange in there about McGahn, Uh, and Donald Trump asks him, "Why are you taking notes? Why are you taking notes?" And he goes, well, I'm taking notes so I can remember what mm-hmm. we're talking about. He goes, you know, I've had a lot of good lawyers in my life. I know a lot of good lawyers. They do great work, including Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn never took notes. Never leave a paper trail.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's Ken what he says. Wants. I'm taking notes because I'm a real lawyer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
2: You so, know, the thing about Barr, really quickly, because yeah. we we've talked about Bill Barr and his legacy and what he's done, and I think up until the last year or so you could say this guy had a pretty clean record in terms of public service and uh you know while he worked for Republicans for the most part he threw all of that away yesterday every oh. bit of goodwill yeah. that he had in the legal community yeah. should be absolutely gone
1: totally and I think it is and by the way he didn't deserve that goodwill but he sort of built it up Fair. because he'd been He'd been out of the public eye for a long, you know, people yes. kind of forget all that kind of stuff, right? Right. So, uh, uh, moving on. In terms of collusion, the report's pretty clear. There were tons of cases of collusion. Collusion meaning cooperation with knowledge of what the Russians were up to. Now, it didn't rise, according to Robert Mueller, to the level of criminal conspiracy. More on that in just a moment. But he deta- in the report, the details, again... Many meetings, many, and and the Trump campaign was contacted on several occasions by Russians, George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, Donald Trump Jr., that meeting at Trump Tower, uh, um, all contacts saying, we got some stuff that can help you. They knew the Russians were interfering in the election to help Donald Trump, to hurt Hillary Clinton, they were offering assistance, and the Trump campaign, it's almost like Keystone Cops. The fact that they didn't, it didn't rise to the level of conspiracy almost is because they were incompetent to really put it together. They were so disorganized. But the Russians certainly were in contact with them. They were very eager to get the information from the Russians. And they, here's a key point. They knew the Russian. This is all in the report. There's tons of collusion. They knew what the Russians were up to, and they didn't inform the FBI that the Russians are interfering in this election. They just were hoping to get all the dirt they could out from, from the Russians. So yes, there was collusion. Was it a criminal conspiracy? According to those who know the law better, and I'm not a lawyer, the special counsel, no. But that doesn't mean it was right. right. Doesn't right. mean what they were doing was right. Same thing on obstruction of justice. Donald Trump said no obstruction. That's not true. Obstruction, he details 10 times when the president, on 10 different occasions, when the president sought to interfere with an investigation by the Justice Department, a criminal investigation into his um, his administration. Some cases, we didn't know. Okay, we knew about the firing of James Comey. That was yeah. the one everybody knew. What we didn't realize is he tried to fire Robert Mueller. Yeah. On two different occasions, he called the White House counsel at home, Don McGahn, and said, you got to fire this SOB. I want you to fire this SOB right away. Go to the acting attorney general. Tell him to fire a Robert Mueller. And Donald McGahn, the White House counsel, who comes across as a white hat yeah. now, refused to do it. And he came into the White House, packed up his office, went to the chief of staff with a resignation letter and said, I'm not going to do this. Uh, there was Reince previous at the time. I'm not going to do this, SH, you know what? (sighs) Uh, And they persuaded him to stay on.
2: Happened twice. What was really interesting here is that uh, Donald Trump repeatedly tried to obstruct.
4: Now, he happened to have. Ten times.
2: Yeah, yeah, ten times. Uh, Probably more. I would be willing to bet it was more than that. Uh, what's interesting is in the Mueller report, one of the things that they say, uh, five words, Congress may apply obstruction charges. Because Robert Mueller yeah. says, from a legal standpoint, we don't necessarily have the case that we can make on obstruction. But Congress has that. They have plenty. To make the, the argument. And so we had sort of said, leading up to this release, be wary of whatever you see in the Mueller report. They're going to cut it. They're going to redact a lot of it. They, and, and they did redact plenty. Yeah. But just from what they released, just from what we see, from what we know, from what is public now, he obstructed justice.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's... Yeah, and so... I just want to mention one other uh, uh, occasion we didn't know about until the report, which is he called Corey Lewandowski in, who was his campaign manager at one time, and said, I need you to go tell Jeff Sessions, I'm ordering you, go to Attorney General Jeff Sessions and tell him to limit the investigation, Mueller's investigation, to future elections and stop looking at the last election.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Corey Lewandowski didn't carry it out. And that's a key point that on several of these occasions the reason Donald Trump did not succeed in obstructing justice is not because he didn't try it's because White House staffers refused to carry out his orders again that may get not get it to the level of criminality but it still is not right. It is unethical. It's unpatriotic. It's unacceptable. It's all dishonest, whatever you want to call it. And the bottom line is, again, the, the, the Mueller report does not say no obstruction. Here is, I think, the most important sentence in the entire report. Quote, Robert Mueller says, quote, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not— commit obstruction of justice we would so state but they can't state that he could not state that because there was so much evidence that he did try to obstruct justice and as peter just pointed out what muller did then at that point was saying okay here are all the facts because my hands are tied yeah. he also says that my hands are tied because the department of justice has a rule that we cannot indict a sitting president, Congress could, and we. And so I'm handing, I'm throwing the ball to Congress. He says, "Quote again from the report: the conclusion that Congress may apply the obstruction laws to the president's corrupt exercise of the powers of office accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances." and the principle that no person is above the law. So anybody who says, again, that this gives him a clean bill of health on obstruction of justice is either hasn't read the report or is just kidding themselves or is in total denial, or is on Donald Trump's payroll, like Kellyanne Conway.
2: Here's what's really scary to me about all of this. Uh, So we know Congress isn't going to bring impeachment hearings. Uh, Sidney Hoyer yesterday uh, could have said a lot of different things. I I think probably going down the impeachment path is not the right thing to do. But Sidney Hoyer said impeachment is not worthwhile. Uh, I disagree with that. I think impeachment would be worthwhile, but it's just politically not the thing to do right now. And you could frame that a lot of different ways. But here's what's really scary to me. Uh, Donald Trump is bulletproof Mm -hmm. at this point. With his base. Well, with his base and with, you know, the Senate yeah. and uh, the Democrats yeah. aren't going to bring impeachment and it, it, there's... Yeah, well... there's What's to stop him?
1: I'll tell you what's to stop him. 2020. 2020. We've got a couple years. 2020, I know. No. <laughs> Year and a half. Year and a half. Right. No. As we, as we said yesterday, I mean, where this goes eventually is the voter, people of America, the voters of America are yeah. going to have to make the final verdict on this whole thing. And, and, and that gets to the other point that I, I think is maybe the most important point that, we, that I, my most important takeaway from yesterday is um, all this talk about, oh, well, they didn't find him guilty of a crime, is beside the point. The true test here is not criminality. The true test is presidential conduct, right? I mean, we should not lower our standards to the point where if they didn't prove that he committed a crime, then everything's okay. No, no, no. I mean, what is this? The Richard Nixon, well, I'm not a crook, theory of the presidency. What the president did, if if even, again, if it were not criminal, it was wrong. Uh, Adam Schiff said this uh, yesterday, and I thought made this point, which was extremely important, um, that. Okay. Criminal is one thing. Again, presidential conduct is another. Uh, Here's a good congressman from California.
3: Whether the obstruction of justice was criminal or not, or whether these contacts were sufficiently illicit or not to rise the level of a criminal conspiracy, they are unquestionably dishonest, unethical, immoral, and unpatriotic.
1: Bingo. For example, you know, let's take uh, the that June nine meeting in uh, at, at, at Trump in twenty sixteen in Trump Tower. Okay, well Donald Donald Trump hears about oh the New York Times now knows about this meeting when the Russians came in promising dirt on Hillary, and Donald Trump says, "All right, here's our response. We're going to lie about it. We're going to say it was primarily about adoption. That's what we. That's all we talked about. Right? Okay, that wasn't a crime, but it was wrong." I mean, have we lost the have, have we lost the distinction between right and wrong? It was just flat out wrong. It was dishonest. It was unethical. It was unpatriotic, and it was morally wrong. Uh, for Donald Trump to tell John Don McGahn to go fire Robert Mueller because he didn't his feelings were hurt. He was feeling frustrated by leaks in the White House. He was afraid it was going to undermine his presidency. Yeah. Well, so was Richard Nixon upset by leaks from the White House. And if for Trump to go tell uh, to tell Don McGahn to go fire Robert Mueller because of that, it may not have been a crime. It was wrong. It was, as Adam Schiff said, dishonest, unacceptable, immoral, unethical, whatever else you want to call it. Basically, flat out wrong. So... Um, so on so many levels, again, uh, th- this, this report yesterday was devastating for Donald Trump. And now it really does, the focus shifts to the Congress. They've got all the facts. They've got all the details. They've got the report, 6% of it redacted. At this point, they're going to see the report even with the uh, most, most of the stuff that was redacted. And they'll be, they'll be able to take this forward. There will be hearings in several different committees on the facts uh, that came out in the Mueller report. Uh, And there will definitely be then up to the American people to decide, is this the kind of uh, level of lies, lies, lies and unethical behavior that you expect or that you would accept from a president of the United States? Um, Then there was one other little part in the report that I must say. um, I was glad to see. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll admit it. I was glad to see. Is that Donald Trump was not the only person burned by the report. There are several other people, but one of them is, uh, by the way, Rudy Giuliani is one of them. On this to this extent, that the other thing the Mueller report does is, it if it does not exonerate Donald Trump, it does exonerate the media. Everything that Donald Trump called fake news, as reported by the media, turns out in this report to be absolutely true. The meeting at Trump Tower. The hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and, and Karen McDougal. Uh, the attempts to fire Mueller, which Donald Trump said, oh, no, I didn't try to fire Mueller. That's fake news. Yes, Now we know, again, through Don McGann, he did it. Tried twice. Every single way, you go down the list of all the stories in the last couple of years while Donald Trump spent two years trying to undermine the, 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 um, the, the Mueller investigation, and everything the media reported on has turned out to be true and is verified and confirmed by the um, Mueller report, Um, which gets to the the other person who's really burned in the report, not just Rudy Giuliani, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who famously, and I was there in the briefing room back in May 10, on May 10, 2017, right after Comey had been fired, and she said, you know basic the, the the people men and women who work at the FBI are grateful to us because we fired the FBI director because they hated him here's how she put it from the podium in the briefing room on May 10 2017.
4: Look, we've heard from uh, countless members of the FBI that say very different things. Uh, In fact, uh, the president will be meeting with acting director McCabe uh, later today to discuss that very thing, the morale at the FBI,
5: as well as uh, make an offer to go directly to the FBI if he feels that that's necessary.
1: Countless people. Countless people, she says, they heard from countless FBI agents that heard from, said, oh, thank you for firing Comey. Thank you for firing James Comey. Now, whatever you think of Comey, he was a beloved leader of the FBI. Uh, and so in her, in the report, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was interviewed by the special counsel. And she had to admit that she lied. She had
4: I acknowledge,
1: But she had to admit that she lied. Yesterday, confronted with this, she says, no, it wasn't really a lie. It was just, uh, here she is.
0: I acknowledged
5: uh, that I had a slip of the tongue when I used the word countless, but it's (laughs) not untrue.
1: (laughs) slip of the tongue. No, she was lying through her teeth. That was no slip of the tongue. Countless. And the the question that's raised today uh, for all of us, I think, is does Sarah Huckabee Sanders have any credibility left at all. I don't think so. Uh, There is one, I said there was no other news. Uh, There is one little bit of breaking news that Politico just popped up here as we were speaking, uh, and it's pretty big breaking news, and the breaking news is that Joe Biden has made it official. He is going to announce within a week, he has said he's definitely decided he is not unexpected, but he is going to run for president in 2020. He leads the polls in every—he uh, he leads the polls in every one that I've seen, even though he has not is not yet a candidate. So he is definitely jumping in. Uh, we will hear more about that from Alar Gambino from The Guardian, who joins us next here, covering the 2020 race on the uh, on our second edition of the second half hour, rather, of the Bill Press Show. Lots going on. Your calls, your comments. Welcome on Twitter, at BP Show. Give us a quick break, and we'll be right back.
5: The
2: latest member of the Young Turks Network, live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show.
1: And on a Friday, April 19, uh, it is the Bill Press Show. Uh, great to see you today. Thank you so much for joining us as we come to you live from our nation's capital, our studio on Capitol Hill. Muller Report, Muller Report, that's uh, the big news today. And we're brought to you today by the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, the UFCW under the leadership of President Mark Peron. They are on strike at a stop and shop up in Boston and uh, none other than... Uh, Former Vice President Joe Biden was up there yesterday uh, meeting with and talking to the striking workers, members of the UFCW, uh, and uh, then Joe Biden turned around and made a little news this morning, which we're going to talk about, So for sure he's going to run for president. Great to see everybody. Lauren Gambino joins us from The Guardian, who's been covering 2020 and reaction to the Mueller report as well. Hi, Lauren.
3: Hi, thanks for having me. Good
1: to see you. Um, and uh, Peter, i here with us to uh, check in on comments uh, over the last half hour.
2: Uh, as you can imagine, we have a lot of comments uh, <laughs> I on, on the Mueller think report. I would so. Yeah. Uh, let's start out with Holly. Holly, our good friend, says that if Democrats do not hold up the rule of law and do their constitutional duty, By impeaching Donald Trump. Why should any Democrats vote for them in 2020? There are people who really want to see impeachment hearings now uh, because of the Mueller report. Um, KG says, so it is an obstruction if you don't succeed at it? Is that the new— That's what Bill Barr says. Basically. Yeah, right. Uh, Which is total BS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Somebody else points out trying to obstruct justice is obstruction. Just because you're incompetent doesn't give you a pass on that. Uh, And, I mean, the idea that, well,
1: uh, other people didn't carry out his orders, so therefore he's not
2: guilty of obstructing justice.
1: Yes, he is.
2: Yeah. Uh, And Tom pointed out. Uh, Because we talked about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was caught in a lie. Uh, He says one action that the White House press corps can take right now strongly suggests that Sarah Huckabee Sanders resign.
1: Uh, I'd like to see the White House press corps. I make that. You're uh, a member of the White House press corps? I I, I am. I'm not on the board. uh, Well, you know, we have a dinner coming up next Saturday. No,
2: that's right. Is is that happening?
1: Uh, Maybe. that could be a resolution introduced at the dinner. Let's uh, see. To, Let's see. Take your uh, vote. Show of hands.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. If you have any t- comments on any topic at any time, of course, we're always on Twitter at BP Show.
1: All right, don't run away because I'm um, not going anywhere. Uh, one reaction that we had yesterday to um, to the model report, not unexpected, was that Kellyanne Conway of course runs out to talk to Fox News and then she just says, Oh, happy days are here again.
3: His greatest rebuttal will be he's in office. He's going to remain in office and he'll get reelected because the Democrats have nothing. They banked everything on this.
1: Yeah, Uh Uh, that's not exactly uh, the same point of view, Lauren. Is it that husband George Conway expresses in this morning's Washington Post?
4: Yes, he writes uh, in his op-ed that Trump is a cancer and uh, that, you know, he's clearly not fit for the presidency. So, who we, yeah, what, what goes on there, we will never know, I know or I, understand.
1: Yeah. So, George Conway, husband of Kellyanne, uh, said that, uh, quoting uh, John Dean, there's a cancer yeah. on the presidency exactly. uh, and we have to excise it. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he goes. Pretty far on this stuff. He does. That's
1: the thing, right? right? Like yeah. it's not like a,
2: Democrats. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean this <laughs> no. isn't like a Carville Madeline thing. No, no, you know no, what no. I mean? It's where not, they no. where they like well, are kind of polite right. when they uh, get uh, in that same space. It's pretty devastating. Uh, it is.
1: And the other thing is, uh he's not like James Carville and Mary Madeline. They're both political pros, right? Yeah. But political consultants. George Conway is an attorney. Yeah. He's a good attorney. He's an attorney, actually, that Donald Trump has used to get him out of several jams, yeah. right? Right. And he says, no, the law is clear. Donald Trump has broken the law, and uh, he's got to be—anyhow, that's just one, one other dimension of this whole thing. And, lauren you've been covering 2020 and the news this morning. What do we know, Peter, about Joe Biden? It's just that he is— the sources now say he's definitely made up his mind as if he hadn't already. So
2: so this is a story in The Atlantic this morning by Edward Isaac Dovere. The headline uh, makes it pretty clear.
1: Good reporter.
2: Joe Biden is okay. running for president. Uh, the former vice president has finally decided that he is in and he is announcing in less than a week. He's just putting, uh, finishing putting the campaign together. They say that a video announcement is going to come on Wednesday of next week. Uh, That is according to people familiar with the discussion, and they have been told by top aides. Uh, So he has actually made the decision. There is no more back and forth. Uh, He's running. He's running, and he's going to make it official on Wednesday of next week.
1: And, Lauren, all the polls so far show Joe Biden, even as a non-candidate, leading the Democratic primary.
4: Right. And the assumption has been that it's his name recognition, that that's what's sort of keeping him up there in the polls. And so now it'll be a real test. You know, is it name recognition? Have other people made gains? Um, I think it will really show pretty quickly whether whether he is the leader of the pack. Um, and, you know, I think Bernie Sanders campaign thinks that, you know, it's only going to go down from him once he gets into the race. That's what they're anticipating and, and hoping Bernie Sanders being sort of second. And um, Mm-hmm. And the leader of the people who have declared, I guess. Right, um, but right. uh, yet yeah, definitely still trailing Biden in, in several polling, uh, early polls. So I guess we'll see, you know, what, what his candidacy looks like and whether he can get past these sort of. Is
1: um, his pitch that even if he doesn't make it, um, a f- say it directly, is his indirect pitch at least I'm the third term of Barack Obama? I mean, I will continue the Barack Obama kind of presidency, that kind of a Democrat, which is not exactly a Bernie Sanders Democrat. No. But by any means, but solid centrist, left to center Democrat.
4: I think it would be interpreted that way, even if he doesn't make that case. And certainly because he would be running as a counterweight to Bernie Sanders I mean that's not why the entire reason why he'd run but you know stepping in now given that they're both leading in the polls and given his political views I think he would be seen as a you know as a sort of the counterbalance the the candidate that a lot of centrists could rally around if they don't want to see Bernie Sanders come away with a nomination Um and you know that could would would very much look like a third term for Barack Obama. Though we saw Hillary Clinton to some degree yeah. run yeah. as a third term. Yeah, that was her and... pitch,
1: basically,
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I could read for uh, a, a little bit from this piece, uh, it says, Biden's campaign will, as it, at its core, argue that the response to Donald Trump requires an experienced, calm hand to help America take a deep breath and figure out a way to get right. back on track. First, right. however... Uh, there is the primary, of course, which you have to deal with the Democrats, but that's going to be his pitch. In the general, is I know what I'm doing. I've been at this for a long time. I can fix the problems that have been done in the first term of Donald Trump.
1: All right, so this we just fa- heard about this, right? We knew it was sort of coming, but now it's official. It seems to me my first reaction is that this primary is going to could break down one of two ways. One is it really becomes a contest between Bernie and Joe Biden, and are you going to take again that pitch? Uh, Peter just uh, read from the Atlantic thing. This is this, the calm, steady hand, experienced that we need against Donald Trump. We can't take this chance of getting somebody as progressive or as far left as Bernie Sanders. So you gotta so that that all the rest of them kind of fade away, and it really is a contest between the two front runners. Uh, and two different approaches to two different wings of the Democratic Party, for you will. That's one way. The other way could be that the other other candidates just say, "Look, these two old farts. We don't need any one of these two old farts. Right? We need somebody younger, more di- uh, diversity, person of color or a woman, younger, to really take the party in a new direction." So I think it could go, you know, either way. Uh, Obviously, I think the other 18 candidates are going to be making that argument. But no, you don't have to choose between Joe and Bernie. Uh, You've you got a lot of new choices over here,
2: like me, you know. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how it goes. Joe Biden, should be pointed out, if he does win, he will be 77 years old when he takes over the presidency.
4: And Sanders would be the same age. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, but, I mean, Which I think would t-
2: be the oldest ever. They would be the oldest ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would be the oldest ever.
4: I think... Bernie would,
2: for the right, Bernie but, would have to be 78 right. when he, if he I was to win the it. first term. So but so like you must say... They're old guys.
1: Uh, if, if 70's the new 60 or whatever. Yeah.
2: Both of them are in good shape.
1: Absolutely. Right. Mentally and physically. Absolutely.
4: Right. It might not be so much about their exact age, but sort of just what it, they represent and the sort of era of politics. Though I guess Bernie does, you know... It's not like you've had a president like Bernie before, so that, that you know he can make, still make the case that he's the outsider and has these new ideas that he would bring forward. Um, but I do think it kind of benefits those two if it becomes a contest between you know the left and the center. Mm. Um, you, you could see Joe Biden really consolidating the field around sort of an anti-Bernie um, sentiment, and then you know vice versa. Bernie could obviously rally his support against an establishment. You could see him really. Playing, you're doing almost in a way what Donald Trump did, which right. is right.
1: And I know uh, several Democratic, big Democratic donors have told me that they were waiting, waiting to see what Joe Biden did. I mean, right, that was right. That's, that's, you can't discount that, right? Um, what kind of reaction did we see, or is it too early to the Mueller report yesterday from uh, the 2020 candidates?
4: You saw them, um, you didn't see anyone call for impeachment. I think that's important. Um, The only person who called for the impeachment, or, well, you had Eric Swalwell call for um, the resignation of of William Barr. Um, I was
1: surprised that more people didn't do that after Barr's performance yesterday.
4: Right. Um, I mean, there's certainly... Kirsten
1: Gillibrand, as I saw, she was out in Iowa, said, uh, I'm not sure we could um, impeach him, him." but... But that he certainly is acting like Donald Trump's personal attorney, not the, the Attorney General for the for the American people. But I think Congress could impeach uh, a cabinet member. Pretty sure, right? I mean, yeah, I yeah. the constitutional yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. um, right. So then, the, the, yeah, the question then becomes, you know, um, what to, to to what end? Who would replace William Barr? They almost went through this, you know, before they. Uh, right. Voted on his confirmation not that long ago, and um, who Trump might you know replace him with.
1: Yeah, that's an important point. It wasn't that long ago that they confirmed Bill Barr, and I'm sure uh, some of those. I forget whether he. I know he got a couple of. He wouldn't he right. got a couple of Democratic. He votes, did, not he? He did.
4: Yeah. Um. Yeah. The 2020 candidates. I'm pretty sure. Maybe with the exception of Amy Klobuchar, voted against him. But um, I would have to
1: check that. Yeah. Um. So. We talked about Joe Biden getting in uh, and Joe, uh, Bernie being the other front runner. Um, Bernie had a good moment on uh, Fox News this week. Uh, I think he proved those who said should never appear Democrats should never appear on Fox News, he kind of proved them wrong.
4: Right. I mean, he's making a general election pitch at this point. His He thinks he can win Trump or vote people who voted for Trump. He thinks that's a constituency that he can win that others can't. Um, and so he... Took his message to fox news i think he surprised a lot of people he had that call and response with the crowd he got you know the audience cheering for his policies uh he got them to say they'd be willing to transfer from you know employer uh -hmm. health insurance to a medicare for all Mm -hmm. type system so i think he felt really good Leaving the stage um, after that Fox event, and now you see other candidates starting to announce their own town hall events with Fox. So maybe he sort of set the precedent there.
1: Amy Klobuchar on May eight, we saw that Pete Buttigieg and Julian Castro are in final negotiations with Fox, and some others. um, I mentioned Amy. Some of the others are also starting to to see if they can line one up as well. Right. Exactly. But of the front of the candidates who are in, and Joe Biden still is not in, and we can't really say he is until we see the video, um, of the candidates who are in, Bernie is clearly, at this point, the front runner.
4: Yeah, that became very clear after, I think, his fundraising um, figures, and then, you know, all this polling has put him at the top, and then, yeah, after the Fox Town Hall, he really showed, I think, that he's um, ready to be the... The front runner, um, and then again, we saw this week some reporting around efforts to try to stop Bernie. That so, there's clearly a recognition that that he does have these advantages, and that if he's, you know, if there's not an alternative found pretty quickly, he could go very far in this nomination.
1: Right, um, and uh, among the other, uh, it's just one more on on Bernie, and he does have this base, right? I mean, this base that he built up in 2016 that is. That he has stayed in touch with, they haven't gone away, they're loyal to him, and he's adding to his base all the time. I mean, every figure we've seen on the fundraising, there are not just the old Bernie bros, but new people coming in uh, yes. with small-dollar donations, people that he can go back to again and again and again. He raised $236 million last time on small-dollar donations, period. Right. And, and
4: right. And it's a he'll, huge He'll advantage. surpass
1: that this time.
4: And yeah, right. And because I think from the first quarter we saw, you know, there's plenty of Democrats still deciding whether to give and who to give to, so to have that head start it, it you know, puts him just you know leaps and bounds above the rest of the field especially you've got candidates who are still you know having to introduce themselves to the public you know they've got to spend money telling their story bernie doesn't have to do that he's able to just sort of go out and he, what we're really seeing is it making a general election case already you know he's sort of i think they've decided that his biggest vulnerability is convincing people he's electable against donald trump and so he started to make that case um and you know he can pretty much grab the attention. He's got that that base and you know mm-hmm. an email list that he can just blast out. So he's been able to you know sort of when the attention shifts to maybe Mueller or other other stories, he just continues to um, travel the country and make his case.
1: And meanwhile, whatever happened to Beto O'Rourke? He <laughs> sort of disappeared from cable television. In fact, people are starting to ask him about that. Wow, you okay. know you used to be everywhere, right? I mean, I remember the day he announced, where cable television carried him wall live in that co- in a coffee house in Iowa. Right? It was I mean, just yeah. insane. It was and,
4: wall-to-wall coverage for days. Right. Um, right. And, and suddenly, well, I think part of that you have to. Mayor Pete's had a moment. He sort of taken that spotlight, and he sort of emerged as this fresh face with a you know great biography and compelling story. You know. He's, Mayor Pete's very good. It seems like at making news, um, and I think that's. I do think those two actually could draw from each other. I think Beto is sort of losing out both in media attention and, and possibly supporters from from Pete. And so I guess we'll see how you know how far Pete can go. Obviously, Beto has incredible fundraising numbers so far, so he could probably you know he can he'll be in for a while.
1: <laughs> but the kind of campaign that we've seen from better work is the one that did so well for him in Texas, but it's right. a very unstructured campaign. He didn't take any polls, right? He, didn't, he had, right. He had um, skeletal staff, right, uh, uh, in, in Texas, and he now does running for president. And he sort of, his, his it seems to me his entire campaign is built around doing as many personal appearances as he can in a day. Driving himself right. to most of them in his pickup truck. I mean, can you right. really sustain a presidential campaign with that? The, those few, that approach or those few resources.
4: Right. I mean, that's, I think not. Yeah, it's a risk. Um, I, the people I've talked to though have said, you know, he's got a lot of good people on his team, um, and they're. They, they say not to write him off yet, basically, that he's he's got um, smart people around him. And, you know, to expect things to get more formalized as the race heats up, you know, ahead of the Democratic debates and, um, you know, just expect to see more from him. Oh, the other
1: rap told. on him is no substance or little, right. little substance. I should say not no substance, because he does. He's smart. and He knows a lot about the issues and he's good on the front. I've seen most of the issues, climate change. Criminal justice reform, prison reform—he's—he's he's good on those issues, but he's not known as a, like Elizabeth Warren is, like a
4: policy heavyweight, as a
1: policy wonk yeah. or policy heavyweight, right?
4: Well, I've seen that maybe work both ways because he—I think because that's the narrative of around him. I when I went out with him, people were, you know, sort of pleasantly surprised by how much he does know and what how much he does actually talk about policy. Um, And so I think that has sort of worked to his benefit. And then the other piece of it is, um, you know, his sort of his supporters will argue like Hillary Clinton had, you know, policy white papers, you know, taller than me. But ultimately that that's not what the voters wanted to hear. And that's not what they wanted to talk about. They wanted a vision and and an aspirational message. And he has that. So they argue, you know, he does have it. If you go to his website and you, you press him on the issues, he's got it. It's just that's not what he's leading with.
1: But as you pointed out, if if anyone has taken away from Beto, it seems to be Mayor Pete, who is certainly having a moment. How long that moment lasts, we'll see. Uh, There are those who say Julian Castro is the next one to get his moment. But for now, uh, I saw this morning um, coming from California that um, I was interested to see that Mayor Pete has a this next weekend, a fund wa- fundraising, I think it's the middle of next week, maybe a fundraising swing through California uh, with um, major events scheduled in San Diego, several in Los Angeles, and about five or seven different fundraising events in the San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, this is Kamala Harris territory. And yeah. the fact that he could go into California and with the potential of raising a lot of money, that's that's significant.
4: Absolutely. And it's Probably What's is. the
1: appeal of Mayor Pete? Just the fact that he's young, gay,
4: I think, smart? Right. <laughs> I mean, there, his biography is compelling, and that obviously attracts media attention. Um, he's he's different. He's someone new, not known on, you know, <clears throat> most people don't know him, um, or, and they're just learning about him. But I think, you know, that he and is so young. And can't pronounce his young. name. Right. He, yeah, exactly. I think it all works to his you know works to his benefit and he gets to sort of uh, he's,
1: he's very i mean i'm very high on him he's very good on his feet he really yeah. knows the issues
4: i think you everyone's pl- like really impressed when they hear from him because he he does respond and sort of very art he's very articulate obviously but he also sort of is interesting in his responses we saw him you know go pretty far on the idea of court packing which It's surprising because he's been written off or, you know, described as maybe a more moderate or more of a centrist. Um, So he I think he just offers sort of a different take on a lot of issues that that or at least the way he describes it and the way he responds is something that I think a lot of Democrats have found compelling.
1: Right. Of the others. uh, Right. (laughs) Um, Some of them just a mere blip. Some of them maybe a little more than that. Um, We've just talked about the men so far. Which of the women do you think can break through?
4: I mean, yeah, it's almost been, you know, a sad, sad joke that, you know, there are so many women running for president. Why aren't they getting any attention? Um, I think, you know, I still think Kamala Harris is incredibly strong. She has a good campaign. And if if it's right that South Carolina is sort of the linchpin of, of, you know, any sort of strategy to winning the nomination, I think she has a really good shot at that. Uh, She has a good team on the ground there. And she's um, just done a lot of work in the state. Uh, And, you know, obviously then she would go into California and likely have a strong showing. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to say because Warren is just not, you know, she might be sort of providing policies that the candidates can later adopt, but she doesn't seem to be having that moment. And I think a lot of us are wondering what it would take for her to really take off. Gillibrand is, you know, not sort of registering as a blip, though, you know, has also has a very serious campaign. Um, Amy Klobuchar, interestingly, is the one I think a lot of Republicans worry about, Hmm. Um, well, Trump supporting Republicans, um, because she has Midwestern appeal being from Minnesota. They can't label her as, you know, far left socialist. Um, She's been very sort of upfront um, about, you know, what she would and wouldn't do. She doesn't support Medicare for all. She doesn't support some of these progressive litmus tests. So. I think she could have a moment, especially maybe if Biden stumbled. um, I think maybe you'd see a lot of of people in the party reach for her. Um, I'm trying to think, who else do we have? Who else have I missed? There's so uh, many.
1: uh, Well, I don't know whether you talked about Elizabeth Warren, but she's up up there pretty strong already, right? right? Yeah, Uh,
4: right. Name recognition is, you know, decent compared to the rest of the field. And and
1: the one who's put out the most serious policy issues is all. And let us remind ourselves every time we talk about this, uh, in terms of who's got a moment and who doesn't uh, and who may be ahead right now. It is awfully early. It is so right. early. We're only in uh, April 2019, uh, and the, we're more than six months away from even the first caucuses in Iowa. So people have people who may not have emerged yet have lots of time to do so between now and then, yes. right? And right. the debates
4: will change everything.
1: And the first debate, yeah, the in June, right? June. In yes. June in Miami. Lauren Gambino from The Guardian, theguardian.com slash US, I guess, theguardian.com. It'll direct you. (laughs) Amanda Becker joins us from Thomson Reuters at the top of the next hour, so stay tuned. The Bill Press Show. Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of The Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at bpshow, or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show, and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support.
2: everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show.
1: Complete exoneration? Hell no. It is the exact opposite of complete exoneration. A damning indictment of the President of the United States in the Robert Mueller report. At least if you read it and not believe what Bob Bill Barr says it says, or Donald Trump. Hello, everybody. What do you say on a Friday, April 19? Uh, Great to see you. It is the Bill Press Show. Thank you so much for being part of the program as we boom out to you live from our nation's capital and our studio on Capitol Hill, joining you online, on the radio, on television, with all the news of the day. And there's really one great big story of the day, and that is Release of the uh, just lightly redacted, it turns out, uh, Mueller report yesterday. Uh, and uh, once we got over the spin, positive spin on it by Bill Barr and got to read the actual report, it says basically just the opposite of what Donald Trump and uh, his accolades have, including Bill Barr, have been saying that it says. Uh, it says there was lots of collusion. There was lots of obstruction of justice. There just may not have been any crimes committed. Hardly again a positive portrait of the president of the United States among those uh, journalists who spent all day yesterday reading the Mueller report. (laughs) Amanda Becker from Thomson Reuters joins us here in studio. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Good morning. Oh my God! Can you believe it? We've all been just glued to this thing.
5: Right? I had mine bound. Did you really? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pro move.
5: That's so a major I, flex. So I could refer back to it forever. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, and uh, the New York Times has it this morning. Special section. So does the Washington Post. You can read the whole thing. Happy Easter weekend. All right. Lots to talk about. We want to hear from you. Your comments on Twitter. At BP Show. At BP Show. But first... This is the Full Court Theater here.
2: Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news. Okay, so here in Washington, D.C., uh, it didn't start here in Washington, D.C. There's was a restaurant called Momofuku. Have you been there, Bill? Yes. All right. Have you? Did they, they have the pastry, the milk bar, where they do the pastries right next door. They're very good. Right. right. Very rich, but very good. And they have what was previously known <laughs> as the crack pie. It was like their signature dish. It was like a... It's hard to explain what kind of pie it was but it's just like a gooey custardy type of pie but they call it a crack pie it's so delicious once you, eat, you can't stop uh, eating it well the boston globe wrote an editorial and they said hey it's kind of messed up that you guys call this a crack pie they said would, would you be selling like a fentanyl pie mm. and so mobafuka reacted and they said you know what we're actually going to change the name of this iconic dish. It will no longer be known as the Crack Pie. It will now be known as the Milk Bar Pie. Mm-hmm.
1: doesn't have the same doesn't ring, have the same ring. It. No, no.
2: I get the point. I do too. I do take that point. Uh, but Milk Bar, I mean, it is kind of their signature thing. So I guess if you're going to name it after Milk Bar, sure. But I didn't really, I, anyway.
5: It is one of those things, though, that once you hear it, you're like, think about it in that context. Yeah, You're totally. Like,
2: yeah. No, absolutely. I, it's oh, not yeah. a. As soon as you said crack pipe, yeah. I, I thought. That yeah, was, yeah, it's not a great look. It's not a great look. Uh, have you ever gotten drunk and then bought something online? <laughs> no. I have. I know I have. Uh, say what you will about the death of like music stores and going and buying CDs, but like back when you know you were buying songs on iTunes and not streaming everything. I got drunk and bought way too much music at at one point. Well, uh, Hustle, which is an online uh, publication that takes a look at our spending habits, says that there are actually a lot of people who get very drunk and then start buying stuff online. Uh, Florida, of course, is the number one state where this happens. Does that surprise anybody? Uh, no, not I'm at
5: never that. surprised by anything that happens in Florida.
2: No. They asked readers to submit their weirdest drunk purchases, some of the things that people bought when they got drunk, uh, a $2,200 pair, pair of night vision goggles, <laughs> uh, a bunch of international flights get bought when oh. people are drunk, uh, a trilogy of satanic religious books. Uh, and the entire Morrissey catalog on iTunes. But that's just mine. That was just me. I did that one time. It literally happened. Uh, don't drink and shop is don't the message here.
1: Yeah, good good advice. Thank you.
2: This is The Bill Press
1: Show. Lies, 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 and even more lies. That kind of sums up the Mueller report. What do you say, everybody? Hello, hello on a Friday, April 19. So good to see you today. Thanks for joining us. It is The Bill Press Show, and we are joining you um. All across this great land of ours, around the globe, in fact, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash thebillpressshow. We're with you out in Chicago, in the greater Chicago area, on the wonderful WCPT, and on television, free speech TV, coast to coast. Thank you so much for being there uh, on this day, morning after release of the Robert Mueller Report uh, it uh, in its fullness, well, six percent redacted, a pretty damning indictment of the president of the United States. Amanda Becker uh, has been following this and other good news for Thomson Reuters and joins us in studio. Amanda, good to see you. You too. Thanks for coming in. So I saw just a minute ago that um, the there are two print editions already out of the Mueller report. And the two of them are the top two books on Amazon. (laughs) I knew that.
5: Apparently, there was a free Nook (laughs) download or something as well. Oh, Oh, free what? Nook download. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And the New York Times and the Washington Post both have special sections today, uh, which print every page of the uh, Mueller report, so you can read the entire thing by the Post or the Times, or get it from Amazon, or or. Print it out, I guess, right?
5: Yeah, and what I have did to do say- What you do with Thomson Reuters? So, um, <laughs> so because we're a wire, we are very concerned about time on those first few you know, minutes after something like this is yeah, released. Yeah. So we probably had, there were two people at the DOJ to look at the physical copy that they got a few minutes ahead of time, um, and you couldn't put any headlines out for you know, 15 minutes or so or something like that, it ended up being. Um, but then we probably had- 20 people in the Bureau um, just refreshing that website where it got posted yesterday and we were fully expecting it to crash so the first Mm. person to get it it up was supposed to immediately download it mm-hmm. put it on a shared drive so everybody could look at it everybody immediately started um we had a, t- a tech person on hand that made it text searchable so mm. then we could have a text searchable copy mm-hmm. to start looking for keywords it, it
2: should be pointed out we were worrying about that yesterday yeah. with matt ford who yeah. was in the studio from the new republic yeah. and he was saying i hope they put out some sort of searchable document they didn't
5: no they no, didn't you had I to tried.
1: convert it no i that's so, yeah. okay i didn't know that i tried at home to 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 do that
5: Yep, yeah. and because it was because put up as... Because people put out a
1: list of the yeah. words you should search for, yeah. right? Give
5: and, you um, work. you know, and because it's just one PDF, it's 448 pages, so yeah. that's a big file. <laughs> Originally, my computer was saying I couldn't even download the text-searchable <laughs> version because it was too big.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, what was your overall take?
5: Uh, so, while... While Mueller did not go as far as recommending that they prosecute uh, the president or other additional members of his campaign other than the ones we already know about um, that have been in some legal trouble, um, it doesn't exonerate him. If you watch the bar press conference and then you read the actual report afterwards, two very different things. So I do hope that people either read the report themselves or or parts of the report or look at some good coverage that uh, really gets into kind of what was in the report.
1: Uh, For those of us in the news biz, who have been maligned for the last two years and attacked as fake news, um, if it does not exonerate the president, it does exonerate the me- news media, doesn't
5: it? Uh, largely, yeah. And it, and it actually shows uh, multiple occasions when members of the administration have lied to reporters about various things.
1: Right. But, I mean, um, if you look at the stuff that's come out, right, you know, from the hush payments mm-hmm. to the meeting and what the meeting in the Trump Tower was really all about mm-hmm. and Donald Trump, really did try to fire Mm -hmm. Robert Mueller? Multiple times. Multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all this was reported, all of it attacked as fake news, and yet it stands.
5: Yeah, there's not, I can't think of a single big story that was knocked down by the Mueller report. It um, affirms everything that we've been seeing in the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, for the past couple of years.
1: Right. Um, The key phrase, I think, and you alluded to it, is on the obstruction of justice, right, Mm -hmm. where he may not uh, have set, hey, after detailing ten different occasions on which the president did his best to um, stop and uh, interfere with or whatever uh, the FBI investigation, uh, particularly on on obstruction, the the Robert Mueller ends up with this statement: If we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not. Commit obstruction of justice, we would say so.
5: Yes, I mean this is not an exoneration <laughs> of the president by any means, no, especially right? on the uh, on the obstruction half of it. Right. So the report essentially, the first half of it was kind of about the Russian interference part. Part two was all about obstruction, um, and he went into those ten examples in in great detail.
1: Right. Uh, and he says so basically. And he, he, by the way, in, so Bill Barr in his news conference yesterday morning said. Um, the fact that we have a policy where you cannot indict a sitting president of the United States is not why Robert Mueller did not reach a conclusion. Robert Mueller in the report says, basically, that's why I didn't. Because I knew my hands would be tied if we tried to indict him under the Department of Justice policies. We can't do it.
5: Well, and Barr also said something to the effect, and I don't have his exact words in front of me, that he and Mueller... Uh, had a differing idea of obstruction of justice or a different standard.
1: Right, right. And then I think the the, the part that struck me uh, most about Bill Barr's news conference yesterday morning and let's just face it, this was such the fix was in. I mean Barr did not announce I'm having a news conference. The president announced that the Attorney General is going to hold a news conference tomorrow morning right before Barr did. And then yesterday morning the president tweeted out, be sure to watch Bill Barr today on Fox News.
5: Well, and notable that the press conference was an hour and a half before the yes. report came out. So any reporter at that news conference had not yet seen the report to ask Barr questions. Right. It. Yeah.
1: They couldn't say, what about this? What about that? No, no, no. The whole thing was a, a total, total fix. But so then Barr says, well, yeah, the president tried to to, to scuttle this, uh, 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 this uh, I-
3: investigation,
1: but you got to understand why
3: there is substantial evidence to show that the president was frustrated and angered oh, by his sincere belief baby. that the investigation was undermining his presidency propelled by his political opponents and fueled by illegal leaks
1: so he was angry about leaks just like richard nixon was angry about leaks right so therefore you basically have to give him a pass for anything he did
5: I'm not making the final decision oh. on on what happens to the president and uh, and what well, he, for Barr what to, he did or did not do criminally, yeah, but
1: for Barr to say that, yeah. right, to basically use that as a i mean he's a lawyer right that's hard it's hardly a legal argument to make, right Well, he was frustrated,
5: I think that Barr was trying to provide context that he thought uh the White House felt it was important to put out there ahead of the report,
1: yeah. Clearly, he was frustrated. He, uh, uh, the famous, most famous line, which we can't repeat on the air, when he found out that Mueller had been appointed, this is the end of my presidency, I'm
2: screwed. Speaking of things we can't say on the air, Uh, uh, the president is tweeting. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, He's in the middle of a tweet storm, so I'm going to have to, uh, like, it's not completely finished, but I'll tell you what we've got as of now. Uh, He says, statements are made about me by certain people in the crazy Mueller report in itself written by 18 angry Democrat Trump haters, which are fabricated and totally untrue. Watch out for people that take so-called notes when the notes never existed until needed because I never agreed to testify. It was not necessary for me to respond to statements made in the quote, report about me, some of which are total BS, except he wrote it out, and only given to make the other person look good or make me look bad. This was a legally started hoax that never should have happened. And then he writes half of a sentence and he's going to finish it presumably in the next couple of minutes
5: That that is a tweet storm that's a, a lot tweet of storm. tweets right it's there
2: a, that's a lot happening this morning
5: I could see my phone lighting up yeah. I didn't know why <laughs> Yeah. Um,
2: you know, are you what? one of the people that have the notifications yeah so Donald Trump's tweets too. are the
5: only thing that shows up on my lock screen <sighs> um,
2: Oof, yeah. I can't do it I'm not that brave.
1: (laughs) So
5: many mornings when I get out of bed, when (laughs) I open my eyes, that's the first thing I see. Uh, That's hellish.
1: I have the same experience, (laughs) and I've noted it here, too, that I can't believe that he's already at it. (laughs) I I do turn it off on vacation. Y'all are wild. Y'all are (laughs) wild for doing that. (laughs) I can't do it. But, you know, he ought to just let it go, but he can't. No, of course not. No, he can't.
5: Right? Well, and I will. I do That's think fine. it's important to note also this report. Um, it's kind of like a Rorschach test. It, it basically, people who believed the president before this and didn't think he did anything wrong still believe that after the you report. I mean, like Kellyanne if talk, Conway. If you talk to people, <laughs> uh, I'm talking more about like voters. We had people yeah. out in some swing states mm-hmm. yesterday talking to people. People who thought, who think this is a witch hunt, the report comes out, they still think it's of a course. witch hunt. People who think that he should be impeached uh, read the report and think he should be impeached. So, yeah. I,
1: I must say, objectively, I don't think you can read this report and walk away from it and say the president did nothing wrong. Which gets to my next point, which is that um, the test to me uh, has to be and should be not whether there was any criminality, right, but whether there's any presidential conduct. Uh, a different, it's a different test, right? Which was is, is acceptable, if you will. Or I, I thought Adam Schiff got to this yesterday. Here's Congressman Adam Schiff. Let, let me give you an example. When Donald Trump said, and we know he did, about the June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh no, we can't say it was to get dirt on Hillary. Let's just say it was all primarily about adoption, and he wrote the statement, and that's what they put out there. That wasn't a crime. But it wasn't right, right? You know, I, I, I'd have to argue.
5: This is a, uh, this is a, a cr- a criminal document, though. I mean, this was produced by the Department of Justice. Um, right. While there are many things that might not be illegal, that doesn't mean they're morally or ethically th- the right choice. That's
1: the point that I'm making too. Um, for the American people, I think so we have while... a different standard for presidential conduct. Right? It's not. I'm not a crook, like the famous Nixon. That's not good enough, right? We expect, okay, you're not a crook, but yeah, you did a lot of things that are wrong. So just hold your comment for just a second. Here's Adam Schiff. Whether the
3: obstruction of justice was criminal or not, or whether these contacts were sufficiently illicit or not to rise the level of a criminal conspiracy, they are unquestionably dishonest, unethical, immoral, and unpatriotic.
1: And you could add some other words maybe to the list. But um, I think that's one thing I got away from the report.
5: Well, and that's, you know, why we're going to keep hearing about this from Democrats on the Hill. Because if he's not being charged in a criminal conspiracy, and that's what Mueller concluded, that the evidence was not there to charge in a criminal conspiracy, then you have an issue um, that would be before Congress in terms of impeachment or looking into other things uh, related to his conduct that maybe do not rise to a level of a crime Um, but are nevertheless an impeachable offense. Um, So I do not expect uh, that this is over. I think that we're going to be hearing a lot more about the Mueller report. Uh, So
1: let's talk about some of the other players involved. We've already talked about Bill Barr. I mean, I believe that Bill Barr's credibility is shot after the way he handled the the four-page, not to mention the, the memo he wrote before he was nominated as attorney general, but after the four-page summary in his news conference yesterday, do you agree?
5: Again, I think it's in the eye of, of the beholder. I mean, if you're a Trump loyalist, that's what you want to see from him. Right. Um, if you are Democrats in the Senate or the House, uh, you know, you had Kamala Harris, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, who's running for the White House, saying – uh, he was acting like a defense attorney, not a prosecutor. This is supposed to be, you know, our top prosecutorial
1: office. But we have had this um, uh, this image of the attorney general of the United States, no matter who, whether it was a Democratic or Republican president, as being an independent voice for the American people or independent, the, the chief law enforcement officer for the American people, not the president's attorney, right? I mean, I think Bill Barr, the way he presented himself as as much more taken the position of I'm um, Donald Trump's, like she said, defense attorney or personal attorney or White House attorney. He said, "What was it? Yeah, I was just looking at this headline in the in New York Times this morning. Defended by Barr, President gets the Attorney General he hoped for." He said everything Donald Trump wanted him. Yes, to this yesterday.
5: is this is what Donald Trump has wanted in an, in an Attorney General uh, right. from the beginning, as we saw in the report. He right. was upset that Sessions had to recuse himself from this matter. Uh, he wanted Mueller gone. Um, so again, yeah. from the position of the White House, Barr's just, doing a great job. From the right. position of Democrats on the Hill and others, Mission he's acting like a defense attorney. So I'm just
1: trying to some of these people after post report how we see them. Rod Rosenstein,
3: <laughs>
1: what you <what's> read? <laughs> He I don't, stood I don't there like yesterday. giving
5: reads. <laughs> How
1: uncomfortable he, he looked! He looks so uncomfortable. He loved it. It reminded me of Chris Christie during the campaign. Like sometimes he'd just be standing there, think, like, I'd rather be anywhere but here right now. Yeah, uh, and and Barr going out of his way to praise Rod Rosenstein for all the work he had done. But yeah, Rosenstein is the one who wrote the memo for Donald Trump saying you ought to fire James at that Donald Trump requested here's why you should fire james comey mm-hmm. because he was too mean to hillary right and then and then the president turned around the next day and said no i fired it because i wanted to get that russian thing off my back right so i thought it, I, I was just wondering how rosenstein i think he i think he certainly suffers in terms of his reputation that's uh, the, the, that, the
2: reason uh, I think that's right. I, that, that's the thing I wondered about when I was watching that yesterday. It's sort of like, what's the legacy of the Justice Department now? I mean, where do they go now and how will they continue to interact and, and do their job after this?
1: So let's talk about somebody I think who maybe looks better. I'm, I, again, I'm just kind of assessing what their reputation in Washington may be. Uh, Don McGahn, White House counsel. He's looking pretty good here,
3: right?
5: Yeah, and and another unquotable section on the on, <laughs> that we cannot read on the air. Yeah. That's right. um, he basically Trump called him a couple of times. I think it was on a Saturday. He was at home, mm-hmm. um, and he said, "You know, he's asking me to do some crazy bleep." Yeah, right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, that is kind of a pushback that we're not used to seeing in this administration from a lot of people.
1: And we didn't really we didn't know about this at least. Yeah. We. There were rumors that he had tried to fire Mueller, right? McGann denied it. I think Trump denied it. But but now we know from the report that McGahn actually came into the White House, packed up his office, mm-hmm. was ready to turn in his resignation letter, and Reince Priebus convinced him to stay around, right? Yep. That, yes. that, don't worry. You know, this is just crazy It'll Trump. calm down. It'll, it'll pass. Yeah. yeah, it'll pass. And on two different occasions that happened. So I think, you know, he comes out looking pretty good after this. Um, how about Sarah Huckabee Sanders? <clears> hmm... <throat> All right. Let's well, we fla- definitely
5: have evidence now of some untruthfulness on behalf let's of Sarah flash, Huckabee. Sanders.
1: Let's flash back to. May 10, 2017.
4: Look, we've heard from uh, countless members of the FBI that say very different things. Uh, in fact, uh, the president will be meeting with acting director McCabe uh, later today to discuss that very thing, the morale at the FBI, as well as uh, make an offer to go directly to the FBI if he feels that that's necessary. Mm-hmm, countless,
1: countless members of the FBI. Not so, right? Turns out not so.
5: Uh, she she basically told the special counsel's office when they interviewed her. there She had no um, evidence to back that up. Uh, we don't know where that came
1: from. And yesterday she said it was a slip of the tongue. Yes. Um,
5: that she said multiple times, by the way. Yeah, that's the other she thing. She said it at least twice.
1: Yeah. Well, well, well do you mean the countless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Right. Um, she stays on the job? I think so. You know why? Because <laughs> Trump loves lo- loves the fact that she lied about that. I would
5: right? see n- no reason why she would be dismissed, certainly by the president.
1: No, um, and um, nor, nor will she ever apologize for that. It'd be interesting to see. I mentioned earlier whether she's she's at the White House Correspondents' Dinner.
5: I d- actually don't know. <laughs> I'm going, but I don't know if she's coming this year. Well, after, after last know, year, so yeah, we'll see.
1: after last year, which was
2: not a good.
1: No
5: comedian this year, though, so less risk. Yeah,
2: exactly. this sounds like the most boring thing ever. By the way, that's the kind of
5: why I to agreed there. to go this year. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fair.
2: <laughs>
5: Past couple of years, I've avoided the whole thing. That's
1: okay. totally fair. All right, so um, where are we now? What where, what happens? Where does this all go?
5: Uh, all of the investigations that are already happening on Capitol Hill, I think, continue. Uh, I certainly don't think this changes any of that. Uh, I think they're still going to be asking for the, you know, pursuing the president's tax returns to look for ties to Russia and his business dealings and his finances. Uh, I think that they will, you know, be poring over this report very closely to look for any details that help the investigations that they're already doing. Um, I do think that there could start to be a split between um, House Democratic leaders who are kind of wanting to hold back on calls for impeachment uh, and some of the rank and file or the people on the committees who are more interested in pursuing that route Um, I think from the perspective of democratic leadership they're worried that impeachment could just basically tie up all the resources they're not going to get anything else done going into the the election year Um, but uh, you know there are other people who would think that's a good use of time
1: among republicans what what reaction uh, have we heard so far to the Mueller report?
5: pretty m- muted uh reaction uh but posi- you know I think most people have used it as a a sign a defense of Trump you know he's exonerated, he didn't do anything wrong. see, there's nothing here. this is a waste of time. All these people were working on it millions of dollars were spent. Look, nothing's gonna right. happen yeah um you did so I really
1: game over kind of thing.
5: I think among Republicans, yeah, um, you. I did uh, like the fact that Senator Mitch McConnell actually made news yesterday, right as the report was coming out, calling to raise the smoking age, um, given he's from Kentucky, oh, which is wow. a huge tobacco state. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty notable. It was moving markets, uh, but it was just interesting to me that he was saying that. Around the same time the Mueller report was oh, coming out. Yeah, that's.
2: I completely missed that. As I'm yeah. sure he intended. No, I, didn't, <laughs> uh, I didn't see that either. Or I, I
5: did, Or perhaps it, I thought maybe it was meant as a distraction or yeah. a good time to say it because nobody would notice. I don't. I don't know which one, but yeah. I did think the timing was interesting.
1: Interesting that he would be. He announced yesterday he was running for maybe the day before he's running for reelection, yeah. mm-hmm. which is no surprise. But then immediately to take on the tobacco. And did he want to raise it like to ninety five? Twenty one.
5: Oh, to, yeah. oh. <laughs> from 18 to 21.
1: We did a story not so long ago. Somebody wanted to raise it to 95 or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I said, Fine, that's good. 95, might as well smoke, yeah. right? That could be around that much longer. Um, do, do you think that? I was asked this question yesterday uh, on, on NPR, and I was wondering what your reaction would be. Do you think this, the model report, will move the needle in any way in terms of uh, the 2020 election?
5: I don't think so. So out on the campaign trail, they do not proactively bring this up that much. Um, every now and then a voter will ask about it. But I, at least with the four or five candidates I've been out with thus far, uh, while they have fielded questions on, you know, what do you think happened with the whole Russia thing, Um They are just not talking about Trump in a direct way that much. I think they're trying to make the case for themselves and not necessarily just reacting to Trump at this stage in the primary. Um, Because right now, you're talking to voters who already don't like Trump in the Democratic primary. They're trying to decide which Democrat they're going to be voting Mm -hmm. for, and they want to know how to differentiate between those Democrats.
1: You know, just anecdotally, I remember, and I talked about this on the air, um, I was up in Wilmington, Delaware, right after the— Um, report was March 22nd when it was given to Mm -hmm. the Attorney General and Bill Barr released his four page summary
5: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and giving a talk up there and I in the Q&A afterwards I expected to just be bombarded with questions about the Mueller report right And on the train on the way up I was making Mm -hmm. some notes about blah 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 not one question. Yeah, I would say not one at the town halls I've, I've been in to. Washington it's, was concerning yeah, us. right?
5: It's, it's Washington is very different than the rest of the country. Um, uh, no, yeah. kidding. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, at, at the town halls I've been at, it is one question at most. Most questions are are about kitchen the kitchen table issues: health care, opioids, uh, you know, minimum wage, uh, that sort of thing. Medicare yeah. for all, um, right. not. What's going to happen with the Mueller
1: report? Uh, we're going to see more town halls on Fox?
5: Uh, yeah. In fact, who was it? Someone yesterday said they'd be doing a town hall on Fox. Well, Amy I think, Klobuchar. I think it was of, Klobuchar. Yeah. yeah, May
1: 8th. May 8th. Right, Wednesday, okay, May 8th. Yeah. But Bernie Sanders, I think, certainly showed.
5: Yeah. He already did one. And of course, on Monday, you have five oh of them back God. to back on CNN.
1: It's five hours, isn't it?
5: Yes. From 7 uh, Eastern until
4: midnight.
1: Right. So, and I forget who they are, but um, Cla- Bernie Sanders, which will be his second one. I think Pete Buttigieg has Buttigieg, one.
5: Buttigieg, Harris will be there.
1: Harris. Um, I Gilbert. think Castro? No, Klo- Klobuchar maybe, and Castro, I think. Castro
5: and Klobuchar, I think, are four and five.
1: Right. So be each one gets an hour. Yes. They're not all, I mean, it's not a and debate. And it's all, I
5: believe everyone in the audience will be... Young, young voters, youth. They're uh, being advertised as kind of youth forums.
1: Is it going to be the same audience? for? All? Not
5: sure. I would imagine that, you know, they have separate interviewers that are kind of switching yeah. off, so yeah. maybe they have two different areas set up. I would assume that the attention span of of an audience would start to wane after five hours. But I'm but not sure about that. But it were the yeah. same audience. Yes. Right. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time yeah. to sit
1: there. Yeah, it sure is. Well, man, what an exciting time. And we're so early into the 2020 thing. Yes. Right? It's
5: already uh, full steam. I was I was in Iowa last week. And, you know, you get the memories on your phone. Um, exactly four years before, I had been in a coffee shop in Iowa with Clinton. Um, and then I was in a coffee shop with Harris, uh, but that goes to show you, we're already so much farther. That was Clinton's first trip to Iowa. So we are already. Oh, yeah. Like s- several months into this, and it started much earlier than the last time around. So. Yeah.
1: You probably ought to buy a condo in Des Moines.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> cheap, cheaper than DC. <laughs> that's
1: for sure. All right. Amanda, it's good to see you. You too. Thanks so much for coming in. Uh, at Reuters, is it thomsonreuters.com or just.
5: Uh, you can it's it's Reuters dot com. The, the overall company is okay. Reuters. So.
1: Reuters dot com. Follow Amanda Becker and all the happenings on 2020. When we come back, Rebecca Buck, Buck, Buck Walter Poza joins us from Prism. To talk more about Mueller report and 2020 as well. Quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show.
1: And on a Friday, April 19, here we go, The Bill Press Show. Wrapping up with our coverage of the Mueller report released uh, yesterday. Uh, a damning indictment of the president of the United States. It is a, not a report that that totally exonerates the president, no matter what you hear from him or Kellyanne Conway or Bill Barr. It is the Bill Press Show coming to you live on uh, online, on the radio, and on television, and brought to you today by the members of the Smart Dash Union, the Smart Union. Uh, They're the members of sheet metal workers, air, rail, and transportation workers all together under the leadership of President Joseph Sellers. Check out their website at smart-union.org. Joining us in studio from the new uh, news website called PRISM, launching in June, right? That's right. All right. Um, Rebecca buckwalter Poza. Hello, Rebecca. It's nice to see you.
0: Hi. Thanks so much for having right. me on.
1: Thanks for coming in. We've been pounding away here for uh, a little while this morning. Uh, j- stirring up some
2: dust, Peter. Yes, believe it or not, lots of comments today. Uh, we did talk about uh, Joe Biden. It appears as though he is running for president. The announcement will happen on Wednesday of next week. That is the report. The and the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as the report in The Atlantic today. uh, People are not super thrilled with it, uh, Uh uh, uh, (laughs) where they are (laughs) tweeting us. Uh, One person says, hell no to Joe. Uh, I assume they mean Biden there. Uh, Also, Big Citizens Unlimited says, corporate Joe has a storied history of being fully in the pocket of... Hmm. I guess name the industry. There are several of them. Uh, So people are not super thrilled about Joe Biden running uh, uh, from what we've heard. If you have a comment that disagrees with that, you obviously can always find us on Twitter. At BP show, uh, also uh, about the impeachment talk uh, because we did get into the impeachment talk. Somebody pointed out that impeachment will only invigorate the Republican base. There's no chance of getting the two-thirds vote required in the Senate. It will only be a distraction from the climate catastrophe, health care, and other issues that the American people actually care about. It would be a bad strategy. Fair point. I, I'm with that point. I I I, I think that
1: would be. It, it, it would consume everything if, we were, if they were to start impeachment hearings. And right now we've got seven different committees that are holding oversight hearings. We don't have a Senate. We're never going to get a vote in the Senate. So why waste our time? Uh, I, I will and say We've got the Mueller report now. Yeah, yeah, to exactly.
2: I, I will say this I, I think that impeachment at this point is futile. It would not end well. Uh, we know that. Wouldn't happen. And it wouldn't happen. Uh, I was looking for better answers from Democrats yesterday. I think Steny Hoyer said impeachment wouldn't be worthwhile. I think that impeachment absolutely would be worthwhile in a just world, which we are not currently living in. <laughs> right,
0: or if there weren't a trade-off for focusing on the next election cycle. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. exactly.
2: You gamble on impeachment now, you could screw the, the best chance you have to get Trump out of office, which is the election of 2020. Plus, I'll make the
1: argument again. You impeach Donald Trump, you get stuck with Mike Pence. (laughs) Absolutely fair point. My goal is to get rid of Donald Trump and Trumpism forever. And the only way to do that is to crush the hell out of them in 2020, in November 2020. So that's, anyhow. From your lips. Right. But we're glad to get comments uh, who disagree with that. Get your comments on another point of view. As always, thanks for your comments on Twitter, uh, at BP Show. So, Rebecca, it's nice to see you. I know you've been in before uh, when I, just on a very rare occasion, was not here. Um, <laughs> and someone else was guest hosting. Uh, so we haven't met, but I've admired you from a distance because I know that you sued Donald Trump. <laughs> now yes. So wait a minute. So first of all, you were he blocked you on Twitter?
0: He did. And um, this is actually very relevant to the Mueller report. Uh, he just tweeted about how the mainstream media would have kept him out of the white house and i said well to be fair russia won the white house for you
1: uh, you said that to him
0: in june 2017 and, and that was what got me blocked i realized he blocked you <laughs> he, he blocked me and I, I was a nobody on Twitter. i remain a nobody on twitter but it was well
1: first of all does that mean he reads
0: so it turns out he did he personally blocked me we found that out through the course of the litigation, where he he said yes, you know, or or his folks did, uh, which is a very lawyerly term, and um, and and so I I don't know I like to take credit for maybe raising his blood pressure for at least twenty to thirty seconds. <laughs>
2: Followers? I just assumed that he doesn't read replies.
0: Uh, yeah, that's. I just right.
2: assumed. I mean, the guy's got how many millions of Twitter followers? But yeah, I mean,
0: well, he right. reads some. He does, and it's uh, it's got to be entirely an ego thing because this was I had maybe nine thousand likes, and um, you know, proportionate to people who have one hundred and fifty thousand followers. So it got under his skin, and he's apparently very emotional about Twitter and personally involved.
1: Well, I. First of all, just the fact that he has time to tweet as much as he does is nuts, right? But then the fact that he would have time to read (laughs) replies to his tweets? Right. So he blocked you, which means, I guess, that then you can't read his tweets. Is that what that...
0: Right, unless I go through some hoops.
1: Okay. Um, So what did you do?
0: Well, uh, so I started just trying to engage the people who could still see his tweets I just you know it's a yeah. gray box in mine so I would keep a another mm-hmm. window with another you know so I could see what the tweet was and then I would try and engage someone when they reply it didn't really work though mm-hmm. so I sued that's the real answer
1: <laughs> you sued the president of the United I States did. saying I want to be able
0: to read his tweets I you know and it's more it, than that yeah it's it's about engaging. Him about being heard and about participating in the conversation around the tweets because he's created a public forum, which is just a really basic concept under the First Amendment. You can't hold a town hall for everyone to talk and then throw out anyone whose viewpoint you don't agree with.
1: And did it actually go to trial?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We just actually it was a couple of weeks ago that the Second Circuit heard the appeal because the president appealed his loss.
1: Oh, so it went to a trial and he lost.
0: And uh, he had to unblock us, so he. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Took about two weeks, and then he only unblocked.
1: Who represented him? Rudy.
0: <laughs> he used DOJ resources. Department I mean, of Justice. He he had a Jesus. DOJ lawyer. I found it interesting. The lawyer was excellent, but this was his first oral argument, and they sent him into federal trial court to defend the president of the United States. Um, he was excellent, but it said something kind of interesting yeah, about priorities. Yeah. Right, right. Um,
1: so Trump lost in the trial court. He
0: lost in the trial court, and the judge just wrote, you know, I, I could order you to do things. I don't have to because it's the president's job to follow the law, and I'm saying this is the law. Um, and he complied, but he also immediately appealed the decision to the Second Circuit. huh
1: and the Second Circuit
0: will rule in a manner of months. Oh, okay. Yeah, so sorry. they have
1: it. Yeah. So this is still a pending case, right? It
0: is. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So, um, well, good for you. Yeah. I mean, at, at the, I think the principle here is I remember early in the administration, we all, uh, um, part of the White House press corps, were asking Sean Spicer, you know, how do we deal with these tweets? And Sean Spicer said, they are presidential of official presidential statements. It may be a little unorthodox, unusual, but... Mm-hmm. That was the president is, they
2: said early on. That, yeah. that he
1: said, you have to take these seriously because they're from the president of the United States. So right. uh, everybody says we should not pay so much attention to his tweets. I kind of agree with that because some of them are just repetitive and crazy, right? right. But it's still, it's from the pre- it's a statement of the president of the United States, yeah. no matter what form. And yeah. we, the American people, is a basic principle of your lawsuit, have a right to know what the president is saying, and he can't say, only certain Americans can hear what I say, right?
0: Yeah, or, or, you know, I'm having a public conversation about policy, but only people who agree with me are invited. Well, that's not a public conversation about policy. <laughs> right, um, yeah, no. And, uh, and, yeah, and it also distorted what people saw when they went to his tweets, the discussion they saw around them, because I wouldn't show up. And I wouldn't be able to participate. And so you get a sort of more and more streamlined group of supporters mm-hmm. where it just becomes this sort of echo chamber that's pro-Trump.
1: Was So who was your lawyer?
0: Uh, Katie Fowl. Uh, Fallow, No, Fallow, <laughs> And um, I'm terrible with things. Jamil Jaffer <laughs> at, uh, Jaffer at uh, the Knight Institute at Columbia University. And I am tremendously grateful to the both of them. They represented a group of seven of us.
1: Oh, I see. Right. Then I just well, good. Good for them. Good for you. And and continue the, continue the fight. And let us know how it, turns out. Absolutely. Yeah. While we're talking about uh, legal issues, um, what are the legal ramifications of the, of the Mueller report? Now that we've seen it, for Donald Trump.
0: Well, I mean, I I think that we got to that earlier in the sense that if Congress isn't. If if impeachment is not going to be a fruitful avenue, then the legal implications are limited. What they could be, though, what's actually being said is that is is a nudge to Congress to recognize and criminalize certain of his acts. It's saying, you know, yes, we've said before that certain statutes don't apply to the president, but when it comes to something like bribery, something like the actions around conspiracy, um, where he's trying to expand a power that's specifically constitutionally limited like his compensation um, that he doesn't get a free pass on that and Congress can criminalize
1: didn't Mueller in effect say um, and I want to read what I think is the most important sentence in the entire report I've read a couple times this morning but can't hear it too often Um, we're here if this is Robert Mueller in the report, if we had confidence after yep. a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not mm-hmm. commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Yep. And he did not state that because he could not clear him of obstruction. No. And then he goes on to say, well, we couldn't because our hands are tied over mm-hmm. the Justice Department, but Congress could. Yep. Could Congress... Charge him with, cr- with cr- criminal obstruction of justice.
0: They, I mean, they can also just investigate. And, and frankly, that may be the best use of energy is to investigate without forcing an impeachment fight. Right. So today, Jerry Nadler is, uh, you know, subpoenaing for the full unredacted Mueller report. That's the first step for pursuing this because there's obviously more to be brought to light. And Congress can do that and hopefully will do that.
1: So, so they could, uh, and, and short of impeachment, then, m- the, my understanding of the way the process works, they could hold this investigation, they could really show conclusively mm-hmm. that, he, uh, that he did obstruct justice, then it would still be up to the Department of Justice whether or not to,
0: right. to file. Right, I mean, yeah. so right. it's, And I mean, as long as
1: Bill Barr's there is- <laughs> <laughs> Bill Barr, he really- It's not going to happen.
0: Um, no, that was, that was one of my favorite parts of the report. I think one of the other main takeaways is the absence of proof is not proof of innocence. Um, so, you know, that was, it's Mueller kept going back to that and, and that's been true from the start. Um, yeah, I, I I was blown away by the hundred plus meetings between Trump well, campaign agents.
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we've talked a lot about obstruction this morning. We haven't talked that much about collusion. So thank you for raising that issue because, uh, you know, no collusion, no obstruction. Um, we know there was a lot of obst- or there were at least ten attempts detailed to obstruct justice, but there were a lot of there was there were a, a lot of examples of collusion. Collusion defined as contacts with the Russians, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is. And
1: you mentioned a hundred times. Russians were reaching out to them saying, hey, we got some stuff you might be interested in. Right. And And they were were saying, well, bring it on.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is this was not a (laughs) not met with a wall. It was met with uh, open arms. Um, Yeah. I mean, the one thing that you can just imagine Mueller kind of stewing in his office about how everyone keeps saying collusion because legally collusion isn't very useful in Mm -hmm. this context Mm -hmm. it's not really a defined term so it's about conspiracy Um, but you know the investigation went the same place and um, yeah I I mean you have your favorite paragraph I have a favorite paragraph (laughs) they all go back to you know just because we didn't find enough doesn't mean it's not there and there's more we know that we didn't include because it wasn't firm enough and I just don't understand how anyone can read this report and not come away thinking that Bill Barr is deeply dishonest and that Trump is deeply corrupt.
1: Right. Um, th- so we we know from this, from the report, again, there were many, many contacts with the Russians. They knew about them. They welcomed their information. They knew what Russia was doing, meddling in the election. And they were... Um, they made no effort at all to inform the FBI that there's a foreign agent that's that's operating in, no. our, in our election. None, right? No.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, some of them were foreign agents operating in other countries' elections, but all manifold. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right. There were there were a lot of reasons, no doubt, for uh, some of these actors not to approach the FBI with anything. But of course, that that is stunning. <laughs> I even though we've had you know as the indictments have rolled out of the investigation, as we've gotten all these details. The full picture laid out here is still staggering.
1: Right. And the f- so the fact that they did not reach a criminal um, conclusion, right, or conclusion of criminal contact, either in the collusion thing or Mueller did, did not in the obstruction of justice, does not mean that Trump did nothing wrong.
0: Right? Absolutely not. That
1: is a point that I think I keep coming back to because – the test is not—the only test is not criminality, right? right? It's presidential conduct.
0: There's a, I mean, there's also a certain politics to this where, resting heavily on this being a prosecutorial recommendation— rather than a determination of criminality or a determination of, um, you know, I I think that, and this is something I've actually kind of thought from from the beginning, that resting at that point leaves the most options available. Mueller's walking a, a fine line. According to OLC precedent, he can't suggest prosecuting the president. They don't Believe that that's a thing you could do,
1: and he no, he's, he he right. talks about that in the report. His so hands were tied.
0: He's walked us as far as he can, given as much as he could, given the tools available to him over what I think is a really reasonable time period, and um, and and he's left it for he's left as many avenues for pursuing this open as he could.
1: Right um, on that on that point, it was Congressman Adam Schiff, mm-hmm. who um, who I thought brought this back home. Yesterday again, saying, don't just say, okay, because he didn't break the law, therefore it's a clean bill of health. Here's uh, Adam Schiff.
3: Whether the obstruction of justice was criminal or not, or whether these contacts were sufficiently illicit or not to rise the level of a criminal conspiracy, they are unquestionably dishonest, unethical, immoral, and unpatriotic.
1: And just plain wrong. I mean, you could go down that list.
0: Well, and impeachment was never meant to be, uh, you know, never meant to stand in for criminalizing or prosecuting. We have higher standards for that, or we did, for the president of the United States. If you look at impeachment, you know, precedent around it, how it appears in the Constitution, it's a safety valve. This is a thing that you, you know, go to before there's any question of actual criminality, as, as the Constitution's written, it's we're really far off track. If you're asking if you can prove a crime, then you're looking at impeachment all wrong. Um, it's about suitability for the office, and he's proven he's not suitable um, over and over and over in ways, you know, both potentially criminal and not.
1: Right. Um, so the report wasn't, I don't think the report had even been released. I think it was just after following... Uh, Bill Barr's uh, news conference yesterday morning, that the president released his tweet, tweeted out the image from uh, Game of Thrones, Game <coughs> Over, right? Yeah. Is it?
2: Is it? By the way, but, but, uh, that's a good question, but there's also a legal aspect about oh, him tweeting yeah, out the Game of yeah. Thrones <laughs> stuff. Yeah, HBO yeah. had to sort of say, like, hey man, yeah, yeah. that's our copyright.
1: No, they came out and said you know, we appreciate all the attention that we're getting, but right. no, no, do not use... It's like so many of these bands when yep. Trump well, or other political candidates will use their music at rallies, and they say, no, oh, no, 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 uh-uh.
0: As my favorite is Sarah Palin and Barracuda.
1: That's right. But that was... <laughs> They're <laughs> like, no.
0: stop using our music. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. So, or just yeah, no Yeah,
1: HBO yesterday said, yes, yeah. stop using you that. You can't do that. But I mean, is it is it game over?
0: I I just... First, I, as a quasi Game of Thrones fan, I contest his deployment of this. Yeah. I'm not really sure he understands Game of Thrones. Oh,
2: I'm pretty sure he does not understand Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> um, but no, no, it's not game over. I think it's it's really just starting. It's, you know, a question of how different. Um, I, I think it's mainly a question of Congress, but more than that, how how. Do people understand this report? What is going to be the ultimate public communication and public perception of it? And that's a war that's going on right now still. There's Barr and Co. who are saying, exonerated, game over. And then there are folks who are still pushing the you know true details you know, coming from this report.
1: Uh, I, I must say, what struck me last night was, other than Fox News, which I didn't watch, is that ABC, CBS, NBC, Washington Post, New York Times, everybody, all those people were saying it was unanimous. This is a bad report for Donald Trump. I mean, just the banner headline in the New York Times, Mueller report lays out Russian contacts and Trump's frantic efforts to foil inquiry. I forget what the post is, but it's just as damning. So, I mean, I think this is being presented... I mean, I know Donald Trump is saying no collusion, no yeah, obstruction, yeah. game over, uh, and so is Kellyanne Conway, and so is Rudy Giuliani, and so is Jay Sekulow. But other than those loyal acolytes, I, I think everybody sees it for exactly exactly what it is.
0: You know, I'd love to think that this is a sea change, and that this type of headline, this type of more incisive reporting, is going to continue rather than the sort of both sides or mm-hmm. the right. But, yeah, you know, when Barr. <laughs> turned out his memo or gave a press conference, most of the mainstream outlets were still reporting what they were saying, regardless of its veracity, regardless. Of, and, and that's frustrating. And I just hope that the media doesn't flip back to that and continues with this sort of more balanced, I mean, or direct assessment. Um, And it's too little too late in some ways, I think.
1: Well, well, one one of the things that I think maybe is reflected here is that, and we've made this point earlier in the program, um, the Mueller report does confirm most of the reporting we've had on the Mueller report over the last two years. Absolutely, yeah. That that, uh, it may not exaggerate Trump, but it exonerates. Yeah. The media.
0: Well, and that's um, Karen Tumulty. I'm I probably mispronounced her last yeah, name, but Tumulty, uh, I think. Tumulty, I, right? So I've you right. know been orbiting in the same space for ten years as a press secretary report, you know, and uh, and her tweet this morning cracked me up. It was just, well, you know, one thing this report did is prove that there is fake news and it's not the mainstream media yeah. or something to that effect, like mainstream media exonerated. Right. Um, yeah.
1: No, several people have said the fake news. Yeah. yeah, there's fake news. The fake news is coming out of Sarah Huckabee exactly. Sanders and right. Rudy Giuliani and and Donald Trump. Yeah. Right. Um, but so not game over, but game shifts to the, on the legal front, I guess, to the Congress right now with their oversight hearings. And,
0: yeah. Um, and
1: and m- may come out of those.
0: Yeah, I mean the the non legal side being, it's also it's going to be up to activists and people who are doing their best to sort of invest um, ahead of anything electoral to to get people activated around this to galvanize folks.
1: Um, yeah, it's it it, it, it definitely. If we kind of point we've made earlier, it leads to 2020 and the ultimate verdict and the ultimate decision made by by the voters. The Trump people will stick with him, but uh, the other. of Americans, I guess. Hopefully, we'll take a look at this report. Uh, Rebecca, it's great to see you. How can people find you? Oh, on Twitter, huh? Here it is. (laughs) Yes. At at RPBP. That's me. At RPBP. And that's it, folks. Have a great day and a weekend. We'll see you Monday.